You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Today, Brandon Chase and I are going to have a conversation about the outdoor industry. Um, we we work at Gear 30 in Ogden, Utah, and um, all of us have had the opportunity to be to see the industry from different perspectives, I think, than the average person gets to. And um, some of that's cool, and some of that's... Um, most of it's cool. Most of it's cool. Yeah, most of it's cool. Um, it's fun. It's fun. But uh, so the reason why I wanted to talk about this is I was thinking about what topics have we not discussed on this podcast that um, people might be might be interested in. And one of the things when I was young, as a teenager, before I started working at a shop, is I always went into the gear shop and thought that having a job as a salesperson in the gear shop would be like the best thing ever. So when I was 16, I got my first job at a gear shop. And um, can you name it? The shop? Yeah. Yeah, Canyon Sports. The Ogden Classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I was I was so excited to be working there. I just thought it was the best thing ever. And then I found out that um, a few times a year we would have clinics where sales reps from various companies would come in and tell us about the gear and I thought that was the coolest thing ever I got to talk to people who represented some of the brands that I like the most Mountain Hardware, Arc'teryx, um, the North Face, some of those other brands that were so big um, back then and I so I just was like it was the coolest thing ever then I got to go to Outdoor Retailer and some of these other things and it was just awesome but now that I've been in the industry for a long time some of the excitement the allure, and the, the worn allure off, huh? has worn off a bit, <laughs> and now it's just it's a job, and I I still love it. It's Is a, that good or bad? It's fun. No, it's good. It, it's it's normal, I guess. It's not good or bad, but yeah. but I've just realized that um, that there's good and bad in everything that you do, and and that goes for the outdoor industry as well. And so. Um, I'm not exactly even sure what about the outdoor industry you want to talk about, but what were some of your guys' experiences as you first got into the industry? Um, what were you expecting? What what was your experience, your actual experience? I'm going to go last because I think mine's a little more complicated. All right. Mine was, I mean, this is going on four years in the outdoor industry, so I'm definitely younger to the industry. Um my previous job i was turning a wrench at a machine shop fixing pumps so not the most Rich, ideal job that's like a family like yeah. that's a family job right yeah, there right it was my dad's company yeah. um luckily i did not report to my dad 
he was in the office i was in the back shop so which is nice you know but yeah i had to be there lots of days by 6 a.m um to uh, clean the snow off the pumps to fix them or whatever you know whatever it was so 6 a.m weren't super lenient on hey it snowed 12 inches <laughs> i'm gonna go get some skiing in <laughs> Um, I first started working there. I skipped a couple of days to go skiing and they were not super happy. So, um, <laughs> the pay was great though. And I was a frequent shopper of the shop called gear 30 in Ogden, Utah. And one day some, one of the girls that was working the front desk was like, you should apply for a job here. You're here a lot. It's like, all right, might as well. Long story short, that was my entry in. I thought I'd just do it for, uh, three months and I go over the winter get a few pro deals on some skis, be set, mm. go back to my other job and keep going. But it was kind of like, like, <laughs> ooh, is that a firecracker? I got a fire going. Here, Story I'll show time. You. Yeah. yeah. Dang. They, they <laughs> right, it's log. a YouTube fire in the background, so Heck hopefully yeah. you can hear this. Yeah. Oh, I can hear it. Yeah. So that was, that was like my first, I just thought I'd do it for a couple months, but it, it ended up, be, ended up being super fun. You know, the, the reps would come in and learn and we get to go to OR and, and, to me, I wasn't really working. I'd go into work and it was like just learning about outdoor gear and then sharing that passion with other people. Um, there is a work side of it. And now that I've been in the industry for longer and I'm doing the buying and, and sharing more of the load of quote unquote stress of running a gear shop of, um, how to bring in, bring in the right product and for the customer and also making sure that we can make profit and all those other things. But I think like when it's all said and done, having worked in, the mining industry and now having worked in this industry i'm a heck of a lot happier <laughs> here mining uh, sounds cool though oh i'm still very intrigued by it yeah. I'm, I'm a i'm a boy at heart i see those big trucks i mean there's discovery trackers. channel shows that's you know gold rush i yeah. grew up on that show yeah. well, i didn't grow up on it because i was older when it came out but oh, but it's been on for um and six seven years until i worked at that or. until i left that place four years ago i watched every single episode of that show I just love, I really do enjoy mining, um, but <laughs> this is definitely where the passion's at. And there are days that are like kind of a bummer and not as fun and you're crunching numbers or whatever it is. And you're, you're placing, placing orders and you're dealing with angry customers or really happy, satisfied customers, which makes it great. Um, the, but there is, to me, it's still like, if I didn't love, I wouldn't be here. I could find another place to go and, and make decent living. But to me, this is like, it's super fun. I love it. So yeah, yeah I don't know if that answered what question you <laughs> said, but that's how I got into well, it. Been here ever since. I started for the pro deals, still partially in it for the pro deals. Yeah. <laughs> As we all are, yeah. if we're There's being like honest. two tracks in life. You can go into the outdoor industry for the pro deals, or you can go like make a lot of money in another industry and be able to just afford everything full price. <laughs> yep. right. yeah. So, or you can do like what our owner does. <laughs> build a shop for the pro deals. <laughs> yeah. And you can probably afford to buy everything full price anyway, but yeah. 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 No, it's a super fun industry. I think of, even if you're super passionate, whether you're into film or whatever, like there's still work to it. Right. It's not all just super fun. Stoke. Let's talk about outdoor gear all day. There's still like a, a work and business side of it but when when i'm sitting at my laptop it there's days where it's like oh i work like tuesdays it's usually tuesday evenings when we podcast i'll go home in the evening and work 
after after everything's said and done and, and answer emails at night and not super exciting to answer emails at eight or nine or ten o'clock at night but the overall theme is that like I'm answering emails to get in more equipment so people can get outside and I think if I keep that mindset then it makes the job way more rewarding because the outdoors to me is like it's my release it's what I not only what I do for fun but it's like I feel like it saved my life in many instances and so yeah. if I can help someone else get out there whatever means that means then it's so the it. other day Greg we, uh, Chase was in the office and he just like gets up and is like I gotta go and he just leaves and he like <laughs> goes on a run. I'm texting him. I'm like, dude, you okay? Like everything. He's like, yep. Just had to, I just had to go run it out. Like, and it wasn't anything in particular. It's just had to go run it yeah. out. Yeah. And, yeah. and when your job's flexible and you're in the outdoors, it's like, cool. Uh, take a picture. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Let me know how it works. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And right. that's a perk of the outdoor industry. Right. And I'm yeah. sure some jobs are like that, but like, it was one of those days, and I was just like, I, 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 I gotta go for a run. <laughs> I gotta go for a run right now. It's not gonna be at seven o'clock tonight. And it's gonna be right now. Stood up. See you guys. <laughs> See you. And, and I actually was like, that is so cool. Like that's why we're here. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember. So when I first got my job um, working at Canyon Sports, it was just about having fun, getting good deals, and telling people about all the cool gear when they'd come in the shop and then um and and that was hard because instagram wasn't a thing so you yeah. had to like yeah. work yeah. at it you had yeah, to talk to people right. And yeah right yeah talk to people talk to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so then i um and i always just viewed it this is a fun job that eventually i'll i'll be done with and i'll get a real job and i'll <laughs> Same. <laughs> I won't like it, but I'll make money, and then I'll go do the fun stuff on the weekend or whatever when I have free time. And so when I I went on a mission to Europe for a couple of years, a church mission, and then when I came back, I um, got a real job doing carpet and uh, tiling floors and all that other stuff <laughs> while sorry. I was going to college. And, you know, it was fun. I, I enjoyed working hard, and, and I enjoyed learning new skills and stuff like that, but... Is that the true ski, like ski bomb job, like carpentry and stuff? Like that's like you do that in the summer and then you just ski all winter. Like I think you were about there. Yeah, you know. You had the right track. Yeah, that <laughs> that was kind of, I mean, that's what a lot of people do. I um, I was going to school and I, I wanted, I've always wanted to have a career that I felt like was really making a, a significant difference in people's lives. When I was working at Canyon Sports, I didn't feel that way. I thought nah, I'm just getting people the right tent or something. I don't know. Um, but I didn't really feel like I was making a huge difference. I went to school and, and became studied marriage and family therapy and um, thought that I wanted to be a therapist. And I actually do that part time. I feel like whenever we talk to you, it's we're in therapy mode. <laughs> yeah. Like you're so our how, therapist. How yeah. does that you're make a good you listener. And, yeah. uh, I don't know about that. But <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of how my brain works these days. But so I do that part time. But when I went to school, I thought that's what I would do full time. But when I graduated, I just wasn't really that excited about it. And the opportunity arose to, to start this business. And Brandon, you and I were working together at the university at the time. And we had discussed this quite a bit. And 
then the opportunity came up and we said hey let's go for this and so me you and my father-in-law we um put our heads together and opened this shop and full screen fire. oh yeah, yeah. nice <laughs> and um and it was really fun it was it was exciting to get things going and everything but even still at that time i thought eventually i'm gonna like have a real career because it <laughs> it's it seemed too fun it sound felt like just kind of playing and we were working hard and we were working a lot of hours but it still felt like play to me and i just thought i you know one day i want to have that job where i'm really making a difference in people's lives and then i remember one day this dad and son came in they were looking at camping gear they wanted to go backpacking for the first time and so i was helping them get all the right gear they needed they bought it and left and then they came back like a week later to tell me about that backpacking trip and how much fun they had and the way that the son that little boy is probably 12 or something like that was talking about how cool that trip was and i could tell that they just had a great time together and they bonded and stuff like that i thought you know what this is as good or better than any therapy you're doing it yeah, yeah. and it, it it clicked it's like i'm making a real difference here so fu- the funny thing about my wife works for Coles, and they're like employee phrase and she repeats it to me when she leaves to go to work <laughs> in the morning it, i don't know it f- f- verbatim but it's something like i'm off to help people feel fulfilled lives or so, like help families have fulfilled lives like that's what they tell their employees so uh-huh. they, they, it's like that's why you're there yeah and it's a retail scenario but it's a little less uh engaging than putting people out like getting people outfitted for their first backpacking trip with their family like it's they're just buying like tennis shoes and purses and dresses whatever you know but it's funny that that theme that you can that you saw is what big corporations are telling their people like hey this is what we do right like right yeah and i was thinking that's true or not but it but it's but it's more apt in the shop oh it absolutely is and Mm -hmm. you know when i was growing up i i backpacked and camped with my family with my dad one of my fondest memories growing up was laying in a tent with my brother and my dad in the middle of the Uinas talking about life. Wolves were circling. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but we were just talking about life and I just remember I was eight uh, eight years old at the time and I thought I was so cool laying there with the older guys and talking about life and things that matter and stuff in the middle of the mountains and um, it's like you don't have those types of experiences without the right gear and or you or you do but you're miserable because you're cold and it rained that night so you're wet and all that stuff so anyway so i I realized um that i was making a difference and that um you know i do i do counseling and stuff now uh, marriage counseling but um i don't see a massive difference like some days i feel like as much effort as i put into helping people in their marriages their marriages are still failing because it's just it's just not working well, they're out. They're clearly not listening. They're not listening. They're not, listening. <laughs> <laughs> they're not doing exactly no, but um but some days I feel like a failure and some days I feel like I'm really making a difference. And I'm when I work at the shop, some days I feel like, yeah, I didn't do a whole lot of good and other days I feel like, wow, I man, I really helped those people. And it was really cool and I'm I'm improving their lives or helping them improve their lives. And so it's it is pretty cool. When I view the outdoor industry and working in gear shop and stuff from that perspective, then it is a pretty awesome and fulfilling job. I really enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, should we chat about how I ended up here? Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, um, 
It was not. So I, it's interesting to hear your stories because I didn't grow up thinking I want to be in the outdoor industry. So I'm a, oh, I'm a 70. I, I didn't either. Yeah. 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 I get uh, it all like, but I, okay, well. Okay. I guess I did have a dream as a kid to own a ski shop. That was like my number one goal in real? life was to own a Are ski shop. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I was a little kid. But then I was like, oh, I'll be an engineer. I'll do something else. You know, I was more, um, air force or, um, physical therapy. Um, okay. So born in the seventies, uh, when you're old enough to realize kind of what's going on in life there was all these posters in the 80s of like nice like lamborghinis that you had to go <laughs> to the mall to get a poster of a lamborghini and like a hot chick like sitting on the lamborghini <laughs> not wearing a lot of clothes <laughs> so like those are what like that's in my bedroom and then there's like a fame some famous posters of like this mansion house with all these palm trees around it with like 15 garage doors you know like that's how you know you've made it is if you own this house like it's it's a poster you could buy on in the 80s and put it on your wall and it's like there's like a i don't know a really expensive car like the garage doors open on one and there's like a mercedes or something parked inside of it so like okay that's life goals right there so right. it wasn't gear shop like how would you ever how are you gonna get from a to b right so i go to school and i was not interested in school necessarily um but i started working in retail at the age of 16 and was pretty good at it uh, and just worked my way up the ladder so by the time I was 25 years old I had been to college but I can't I couldn't stay focused in college because I was working too much and I just well, I didn't know what I wanted to do but I was 25 years old I was an executive for Target I was making $50,000 a year in 99 2000 something like that so yeah that's um, pretty good decent income right yeah. and i'm like all right i'm hot shit like uh, i've done it all like, it's, <laughs> i've arrived i've arrived yeah but where's I, my palm trees and <laughs> yeah where's my yeah like where's the, all the cars where's all the cars um and but i'm like looking at the situation and target corporate is in minnesota, minnesota i believe so i think well, I and i'm like okay so either you're store manager and that's what you do for the rest of your life or you go to corporate in minnesota where i didn't want to go <laughs> Because I love Utah. Like, right. I love Utah. Uh, you know, looking around, I'm like, hey, I don't think I'm going to do this forever. <laughs> so then I'm like, exit plan, uh, financial industry. Because I still got to figure out how to make all the mills because I got to buy all these cars. <laughs> I got to right. this house, right? How am I going to make all the mill? I can't do this. So financial, all the people in the financial industry are making money. So I went into the financial industry, got licensed. Um, oh, just so happened, 9-11 happens. The financial industry tanks. And then when that happened, the mortgage industry took off because the rates were dropping and I got a little side hustle which turned into a full-time job at a mortgage company doing loans because we were refinancing people in the sixth and for those of you who are at three and a half and four percent today <laughs> just so you know when we got people six and a half in like 2003 and four they were out of their the mind moon. right yeah because we were bringing them down from eight nine ten eleven twelve percent it was it was crazy so six and a half was a big deal you got them at six and it was like yeah backflips and unicorns so three <laughs> three and a quarter today or whatever it is three and a half whatever is is phenomenal um and i did that for a long time and i remember like sitting there and i would i got a season pass to wolf mountain because i worked in north ogden i would get off work at north ogden drive over the divide do a couple night laps and then just drive home and i'm like yeah life's good but eventually i got bored of sitting at a desk all day processing paperwork and just i wasn't feeling fulfilled right so it's like okay what would be a dream and i remember i have this photo of my of of just 
is my my girlfriend, my wife now, walking through Yellowstone, and there's the boardwalk, and there's the trees, and I'm like, if I could get up every day and go on a trail run or a hike or mountain, like, I would love to do that. Like, that would be the, and write about it and tell stories about it, because I had a couple of blogs that I built and some websites that I built, and I thought, I, I think I could do, I think I could be an adventure journalist, like, adventure life, let's do that. Um, so I went back to school. We were state, and that's where I met you, Greg, and, and got a job at the outdoor program, making a fat seven bucks an hour. So <laughs> I'm like going in reverse right. to my house status, like this whole lot, because I'm attracted to a lifestyle now instead of the money. I'm like, I gotta, you have to make money, but I'm like, I gotta figure out how to make this work. So I went back to school and, and majored in two very lucrative, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what are the, what are they called? Um, not. Uh, why can't I f find the word? Um, not divisions. What's industries. your industries? Yeah, whatever. Degrees, degrees. Very two very lucrative degrees. Uh, English, creative <laughs> writing, and photography. Wow. But yeah. <laughs> and then working at the outdoor program, uh, realized that I'm um, like, ooh, there's an opportunity here to start with this adventure journalism thing and take pictures, and do blogs and promote the outdoor program through a radio show, and then and I slowly built an audience through the radio show. And then when you and I had the chat, it was like, hey, let's let's put all this together into a shop. I thought, well, that's because I couldn't figure out how to make money afterwards. Right. And at that point, random side note, if you're thinking about being an adventure journalist, which some of you are, um, it's not as easy to do with kids. Yeah. Uh, and so my wife now, uh, who I was dating when I decided to go back to school and we got married soon in. I um, she had a, she had a daughter of four at the time. And then we had a we had a baby while I was still in school and I'm like, okay, wait, change plans. Like you can't just pick up and leave to go around the world, gallivanting around a little easier with the van and van life these days. Like, but in 20 2010 or whatever it was, we like, couldn't, it's like, no, she had a good job and it's like, it's, this isn't right. like Ogden's going to be the place where I'm going to be for a while. I can't just pick up and leave. And so now what? And now, and so then, and now I'm in a shop yeah. and I like it. I love it actually. Yeah. That was a weird, long way to get there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but it was, but you know, it's funny. Most, most successful people you talk to in life, they got there in very roundabout ways. And uh, a lot of times the industry that they end up in that they're successful in wasn't necessarily where they intended to start, but somehow life and circumstances led them there and allowed them to be successful and, and feel fulfilled. Um, the thing that has always impressed me about you, Brandon, as we've worked together is that you really love what you do. You love, you love the outdoors. You're just, and you love, you like people. One thing that when we first opened the shop is you would go to all these different outdoor events and MC these events and I'd go to the events and see you there and you were just like in your element. You're like, these are my people. This yeah. is my place. This is like, this is where I feel, feel good. And that's always kind of been the case. And, um, anyway, so yeah, it is, it is fun. Definitely the outdoors and the industry, uh, you know, you don't have to work in the industry to, to be fulfilled. Obviously you can, you can find fulfillment in any industry, but just having the outdoors as a part of your life, it is <clears throat> I don't know. It it keeps me happy. It keeps me. I don't even have one garage still though. 
Like not even one. I have a carport. <laughs> like I have one carport. It's and a little need, side man. driveway. Yeah. I'm just working on all the garages. Well, you know, I'm I'm a little further than you. But you you have you have one you have one carport and how many vehicles to I fit do, in there? I do have um, technically three recreational vehicles, a, a van and which is a nineteen eighty seven, so don't get too excited. It's paid for. Uh, <laughs> a, a paid for R V, which you get less excited. It's in, I think it's an 84. <laughs> yeah. um, that's also paid for. And then a 1960 uh, aristocrat trailer that we're in. Uh, yes, paid for. I paid three grand for this thing. So, yeah. yeah. And plus your other vehicle. So, you've got like, uh, you know, the total Fleet. number of what, five or six vehicles to mm-hmm. fit in your one carport? <laughs> that's right, right. I have. Yeah. They were all there at one time, too, by the yeah. way. I think last winter, all the cars <laughs> were in the same driveway. Yeah. yeah. I have three three garages or i have a three car garage and only one vehicle <laughs> between the in the whole family to fit in there so what you're saying is you have storage a lot yeah, yeah. a lot of yeah. storage yeah oh. yeah so we fit our uh our one vehicle and then a few bikes and and uh the bike trailer for the kids and all that other stuff in there so if we combined our situations we might be pretty good <laughs> so my my neighbor my right next door neighbor uh, is on this house for years and hasn't lived there for years because she is from Spain and has a second house in New Mexico, I believe. And so the house that's next to me, it's just vacant, right? Well, she has, she has a van covered in a carport. She has a two car garage and a driveway. And, uh, I've co-opted the driveway with my RV because I haven't seen her for, for years now. But <laughs> the other day, my wife's like, Hey, we should buy uh, Mrs. Butts's house one day i'm like yeah we need the garage like there's two right there (laughs) yeah just by the garage just by the garage part yeah but she's got like a separate side entrance like the gate was an automatic gate that opens up and you drive in and the garage like this is living large right in the garage i'm like yeah like we need the garage and then the tan van would have a place to park and it's like covered (laughs) yeah i'm really excited about this plan all of a sudden so who knows when i who knows where she's at or (laughs) The unfortunate circumstances at which she may have to sell that home, but I'm I'm like penny pension maybe. Right. Yeah. You know, um, there's I live in an area where there are quite a few uh, wealthy people, and they and and there's quite a few not so wealthy people like myself and others that it's um, but we live up kind of close to Powder Mountain and and close to some of the ski resorts and stuff. And it's a beautiful area. And what's interesting is I talk to a lot of people, a lot of my neighbors, and they, some of them like their jobs, many of them don't love their jobs, but they like what the lifestyle that their jobs can provide. They make a lot more money than me, but now I, I love my, I like my job. I like the lifestyle because my job is in the outdoors and, and getting others outdoors. And, but I don't have quite the money. So you got the trade-offs and you know, I'm, I'm happy with the, at this point, I'm happy in my life with the trade-offs. I, I like waking up and going on a trail run or a mountain bike ride or something like that. Every morning during the winter, I love to wake up and go backcountry skiing to start my day off. And then I like going and helping others do that. One thing I learned in, in retail early on, and this is why everyone needs a job you don't like, uh, is, is I wasn't in control of my own schedule. Hmm. And I really like being in control of my own schedule. That means I'm terribly self-disciplined. Like I don't use it to my advantage necessarily. <laughs> just, I just don't like being told when I have to do what I have to do. Right. I like to just 
Chase is very, very good at, like, he's in control of his own schedule and he does his own thing. I wish I could be more like Chase. <laughs> yeah. Because he's pretty, because he's at any moment. But I feel like, oh, I got to go to work. And then I work too much or I don't spend enough play time. But at least it's on me. Right. I can blame me and I can't. I think I have the problem of maybe not working enough. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that off air. <laughs> we'll do that off air. Yeah, so there's some roundabout ways for, like, depending on where you're at in life, what you want to do. I mean, for me, it took a lot of years to get where I'm at. Yeah. And so if you look at people that are maybe where you want to be, really take consider the uh, the iceberg below the surface of, right. of where, what they had to endure or whatever to get to where they're at right and if you look at someone uh, not that not that many people listening do this but if you look at someone that works at a shop and say man they've got the life just remember they're making like seven bucks an hour yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well we pay a little more than well that. okay <laughs> all right yeah. a little bit more but um yeah i remember when i started at gear 30 it was four years ago around there i think i got hired on at nine dollars an hour and it was like a 50% pay cut from the from last place that I was at. <laughs> but I mean, the making the transition to the outdoor industry helped me realize that like, <laughs> this is deep. Life is not <laughs> about money. Right. <laughs> and like, I think that's what my goal was. I went to school to be an engineer cause I wanted to make money and I went to, s- and, and after that I was like, well, I want to do sales cause I want to make, lo- I have no salary cap. I just want to make all this money. And then I started working at gear 30 and I was like, now I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Like this is something I'm passionate about, and I, it does it does come at a cost. Like you don't make as near as much money as you could in other industries. But that's that's who's to say you can go start your own shop and make it very successful, and make uh, lots of money, uh, right? I'm sure, the CEO of REI is doing just fine. I'm sure. Right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So exactly, like there's ways to do it. Um, just I don't know. It's fun. Which is interesting coming from you because I would consider your family maybe upper middle class. Um, yeah. Where it, but it was, I mean, to buck the trend a little bit there, because you're going in a, a different direction. Yeah, it's a, I, yeah. I kind of feel um, like my two brother-in-laws work in the medical industry, and they both do fine. And I'm like, hmm, sweet. Um, <laughs> I get you your know? pro deal. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And they every every family vacation we go on, they're like, you better not leave, <laughs> because we like we like the gifts that we get oh, from you, funny. and we yeah. like we like the the deals. And I love it. You know, I I'm not here to chase the money, or else I would be in a probably be in the tech industry or something. You know, but I cannot. Uh, this is something I'm really passionate about. It's fun, and I think the the happiness and the the flexibility um, outweigh about everything else so but it does work it's work too but it's super fun so this was a a little different conversation than i um than i i think i was thinking of having because you know one of the things that i learned and we'll wrap this up here because i know we're running long but one of the things that i've learned working in the industry is that it's just like every other industry it is work yeah like it's not all just play and we do get to play and we do get to call some play work but there have been plenty of days where I've I went into work at seven o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning and worked till eight o'clock at night and sent lots of people out skiing while it was dumping snow and I wasn't <laughs> able to because I was stuck in the no. shop and so you know it's not all great it is work and uh, and that's cool it's you know it's just part of part of life you have to work and that's a good thing and um, but then of course there are some definite benefits that. Uh, being able to help people get out in the outdoors is fulfilling and having 
a lot of opportunities to get into the outdoors is awfully nice so yeah it's fun um so anyway any anything to add no i i think that was great it was a good discussion um i feel like the outdoor industry is a family and so it getting staying in the know with with all the new vendors and all the new stuff is kind of fun but you go to the outdoor retailer show that was my favorite thing and i'm still mad at the adam for leaving uh, utah and will always be mad at them for leaving utah yep because i could just drive down there and then drive home um, but the energy and the familial vibe at or is i don't know i mean uh, maybe you get that at tech conferences you know i don't know yeah. i didn't i didn't really get that when i was at uh, at the big box stores so uh, even the financial industry wasn't necessarily like that either. So, you know, I don't, I'm sure there's industries that have a family vibe fishing and, you know, kind of, I don't know, something, but, uh, the outdoor industry for sure. Yeah, definitely. 